Hey, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life. We are recording from my amazing dining room studio, complete with larger whiteboard, and the camera is sitting on top of a tripod and on top of two Nintendos. I'm not even kidding. It's literally sitting on top of two Nintendos stacked on top of each other in this interesting studio experiment, right? So, yeah, the lighting's crap, I get it, but that's what happens when you're trying to do everything a low budget, right? So, anyway, so what are we talking about today? I had a few requests for this recording, uh, this particular episode. We're actually, it's a continuation of the existing uh, cognitive functions playlist, but uh, it was necessary because I got a lot of requests for this video just so that people have a better understanding of how cognitive functions work. Also, I've been getting a lot of comments about auxiliary and dominant functions and how information flows into the mind. And people seem to have this really weird idea that when with cognitive functions and how they're ordered from like the top to bottom, that the information seems to pour into the head from the top down. And I'm here to say that that's not even remotely true. In fact, that's total bullshit. Uh, the reality is, is that the way the cognitive functions work is that they take a different approach and it's actually all eight cognitive functions taking in information and dispersing information at the same exact time, right? So why? Well, it's because our minds are kind of like a radio. So starting with that, I'd like to introduce to you Mr. Radiohead. Mr. Radiohead, yes, a skeleton. Why? Well, because, look at a sperm, you know, and by the way, this, this is all theory, but I mean, Jungian analytical psychology is based on a theory, right? So, I mean, who cares? Anyway, uh, so, we have a sperm. I said in a previous video, uh, when a sperm uh, makes contact with the egg, that the sperm itself basically represents, you know, the skull and the spine, and then like the central nervous system. Everything else provided uh, would, in theory, be provided by the female component or the egg, you know, when it comes to uh, creating a child, right? So, why is that important? Well, it's because Mr. Radiohead, he's tuning into things. He's tuning into a lot of things. In fact, he's tuning in, like the rest of us, to the eight cognitive spectrum. Hero, parent, spectra, technically, actually. Took me a while to figure out the plural on that, right? It's kind of like saying nemeses, which is the plural for nemesis. I guess that kind of counts because we have a nemesis function, right? Anyway, so uh, hero, parent, child, inferior, nemesis, critic, trickster, and demon. So why is this important? Everyone thinks for some, like, so we have the INTJ here and it has eight cognitive functions. We have introvert intuition. Everyone thinks that for some reason the INTJ you know, all the information comes in this way and then just kind of makes it way down here. But that's not really actually how it works at all. Like, no, that, that's, no, that's not how it works. So how does it work? Imagine the mind is just a giant radio, uh, just really a giant transceiver. It's able to send and receive signals at the same time. How is it able to send and receive signals? Well, if it's able to send and receive at the same time, that makes it a transceiver, basically. Uh, and sending would be extroversion, right? And receiving would be introversion. 
sending and receiving like a radio would. Sending and uh, sending, receiving, broadcasting, and you broadcast out at different frequencies, right? Different spectra, the plural for the word spectrum, because there's eight different spectrum or spectra that our minds are aware of. And we're receiving and sending information on all of these frequencies at the same time, right? Well, hold on. So if you would imagine, basically, so we have willpower, rationale, morals, physics, short-term memory, metaphysics, logic, ethics, long-term memory, or the past, for the INTJ, all eight cognitive functions, they're like different channels, right? And because of these different channels that uh, where our minds are aware of, we're able to send and receive at different frequencies, some higher than others, on these different channels, right? So for example, the hero function, and by the way, I know I have 100 frames per second and 75, 50, 25 frames per second. We don't actually know the frames per second that the mind is able to tune into these uh, channels or these uh, spectrum at all. We, we have no idea. They're just there for points of reference, really. Uh, so the hero function being the apex of the ego, essentially. I. I have no idea what it is, no one does. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out one day, I'm sure, but until then, we're just going to pretend that it's 100 frames a second. So so this means Mr. Radiohead, if he is an INTJ, then he's getting 100 frames a second of introverted intuition, which is willpower. His ability to desire, his ability to want things. Want has a lot to do with the future. It's also known as the personal unconscious. It is what allows him to see into his own future and then know what he wants, right? You know, as opposed to expert intuition, which is the, you know, because he's, he's receiving this, right? But he's also sending this. So he's sending expert intuition, which is metaphysics, right? So if you're sending metaphysics, it's all about what you want. So Mr. Radiohead is at the nemesis channel level or the nemesis spectrum level, uh, that expert intuition, what other people want, what other people will do, whatever, uh, what their fate is, or what's about to happen to them, essentially, to the external metaphysics, you know, whereas this is like the internal metaphysics, right? Metaphysics being external, but it's kind of, I can't really say that, it's more like personal unconscious, right? And this is like the external unconscious, uh, also known as the collective unconscious, which is expert intuition. And yes, I know there are a few of you here that are Jungian purists who think, well, Jung never said that the uh, collective unconscious, you know, has anything to do with expert intuition. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I could see that. But many people in the field uh, since uh, Carl Jung actually have decided collectively that that is what that means. So, I mean, take it up with them. Don't take it up with me. Like, definitionally speaking, I kind of don't care. Why? Well, because all I need to know is that expert intuition is some form of prescience, right? Prescience, like, so you have a shotgun, you shoot it out, right? And little BBs go everywhere from the shot, right? And it's all the possible futures from a fixed point of reference. I mean, shoot, I'll just draw it. You know, we have, you know, shotgun blast right here, and it's going out in every direction, you know? But it's, you know, and here's the little BBs and a short range, but those are all different possible futures, whereas, Here's another glass right here, and here's introvert intuition. It goes out way further, but it's one. It's just one in one direction. Okay, yeah, and that's like a sniper rifle, okay? Because they're able to see what they personally want. Whereas this is everyone. 
what everyone wants, what everyone's going to do before they do it. This is what I'm going to do before I do it. So introvert intuition, right? Expert intuition, shorter range, but multiple targets, longer range, but one target, precise like a laser. Why else do you think NJ types, for example, introvert intuition, high introvert intuition users are so focused on one thing at a time. I mean, you can even see it like when they're working and stuff, they have like their head and they're just focusing on like this one thing. And it's like, dude, do you have any peripheral vision? It's interesting because expert intuition users have lots of peripheral vision and we're just looking everywhere. Whereas, you know, the NI users, they're just so focused on this one thing and they're not even really necessarily aware of like what's around them per se. And then they end up losing stuff in some cases. But I mean, okay, yes, you could say that an INFP who is high expert intuition could still lose things. But yeah, that's because of expert sensing. I mean, expert sensing is pretty high here, but on this ENTP, expert sensing is pretty low. But once that object that was missing enters in the introverted sensing spectrum, okay, then the ENTP knows where it is, right? Because time has to pass. Time has a lot to do with this. Um, so you can see that, you know, uh, these different spectrum are affected by time. Like they're, they're multiplied by time or divided by time in some cases. And that gets into like some crazy, crazy uh, metaphysical mumbo jumbo when we start to talk about how length of time going by actually impacts this. But again, frames per second, you know, these functions, the hero function is going to be always further ahead over time. If you had 10 seconds of 100 frames, you know, coming in versus 10 seconds of 75 frames, you know, you're going to have 750 frames versus 1000 frames. That's a huge gap, right? And again, as time goes on, these change. Fair enough. So, It's all about the radio. You have to understand that every brain out there, and I got three of them here, uh, ENTP, ISTP, INTJ, all of them are receiving information from every single one of these cognitive functions. There is no, oh, I only, I, I'm an INTJ, so I only have these four. No, everybody has all eight, all eight of the cognitive functions. It's just, how much awareness do you have? Are you five frames a second of awareness? Are you 20 frames a second of awareness? That's how it is. And the amount of awareness or the, our ability to tune in to these channels or spectra or whatever we're gonna call it, right? Whatever they're able to tune into, you know, with sending and receiving, whatever their broadcast capability is. So, I mean, this is expert at thinking, so that's expert, so they're broadcasting, but they're receiving from here. They're receiving morals and they're receiving willpower but they're broadcasting rationale and able to read that information on the outside and bring in that information on the inside and then they have to verify it with their introverted thinking logic, for example, you know what I mean? All of this is happening at the same time. No one is not using their cognitive functions. They're just all there. Some of them are more developed than others. Some of them are underdeveloped, who knows? But again, how do you develop cognitive functions? Well, guess what? Yes. We have hero, parent, child, inferior, nemesis, trickster, and demon. So let's actually define these spectrum first before we talk about how time affects them. So what is hero? Hero is the apex of the ego. That's where a person's biggest strength is. That's where their mind is most comfortable in. That's where the mind ends up spending the least amount of energy because it has the ability to do so. And that's important because if you're going to shift into the bottom uh, half of your mind, which is your unconscious or your shadow, for example, where the nemesis, critic, trickster, demon are, if you're going to shift in that area of your head, well, guess what? That means 
you're going to find yourself in a situation where um, you're just running out of energy. So, okay, so this is an INTJ, right? So he's introverted, so N-I-T-E-F-I-S-E, that's an introverted type, okay? Because he's introverted, um, you know, introverted with this type, he is able to energize this side of the mind with solitude. But then he, let's say he wants to extrovert, right? And then he just turns into uh, this ENTP with the extroversion, you know? So he's, he's boom, I'm extroverted now, yeah! You know, and, and he's going out and around and, and extroverting, but then it drains his energy, right? It drains his mental energy. So he needs solitude to build up the energy again. So he goes back and, and goes and finds solitude and he's able to mentally recharge, right? It's the opposite with extroverts. Here's another example. We have an ENTP up here, you know, my type. So ENTP, we start off extroverted, we're gaining a lot of energy, being around a lot of people. And sometimes our energy, you know, our, our batteries get so full and whatnot, and then we gotta take a rest by going off and being alone. It's not really taking a rest, actually. We're kind of more resting when we're around people because we're able to gain energy from that threes of crowd interaction, right? And because we've gained an energy, we wanna go spend it. It's like our battery is too full. Let's go spend it. So we spend the energy. And then because of that, we end up in our shadow, which is our INTJ shadow right here. And then we're going out spending energy again because we're by ourselves. you know? We're by ourselves. we're doing research, we're really focused. I, I did this for a couple of days and if you folks notice, I haven't exactly been filming very much the last couple of days. Why? <clears throat> because I've been in my INTJ shadow the whole time, focusing, you know, introvert intuition focus, focusing on, you know, getting a passing an exam. I had an exam I had to pass for work for my day job and uh, it's required for me to do it. So I was doing that and I took a lot of focus and I had to study my butt off, but I figured it out, right? And I did pass my exam and I got certified, right? And then after that, I just had no more energy and I had to spend all this time extroverting and going out and meeting people and talking and doing nothing else. I didn't even want to spend much time on the YouTube channel because I, it takes energy for me to film myself by myself, right? So I needed time to energize. I, I just couldn't do it. I was like, Ugh. So I had to get some human interaction to recharge my extroverted batteries, you know what I mean? So again, the mind is more comfortable in the ego. When it goes outside of the ego, say the, uh, um, uh, the subconscious or the unconscious side, I don't have the subconscious written here, so we'll just pretend it's here, right? So with the subconscious, same thing. It, it's, it's not as easy. So a person can't stay in their subconscious or their unconscious for very long, and as soon as their mind gets tired, it just throws them back in their ego, and then boom, they're in their ego. Now, how can this change? How can you actually keep someone in their unconscious or their subconscious for an extended period of time, even after they ran out of energy? Well, there's a couple of ways. Mind-altering substances, stress, and abuse. Those three things can definitely keep someone in a different side of their mind for a prolonged period of time. You know, especially if you have familial abuse and a really crappy childhood, you could actually end up stuck in one of the other sides of your mind outside of your ego, especially if your family is against your ego because they don't like your ego because your ego is incompatible with them, right? Because of that incompatibility, it causes stress, and then they, they don't accept your ego, they don't like you being for who you are, so you have to be in one of the other sides of your mind for your to be safer around your family, and you could be there prolonged, you're just in a heightened state of stress, and then finally when you grow up and you're able to move out of your home, it's like you become a different person, right? Well, that's because your mind is finally to be able to be safely in your ego, and I had that experience when I was 26 years old. It took a long time, right? 
and I'm 31 now, so I've only been in like my ego for like the last five years. Huh, probably why I thought I was an INTJ for so long. You know what I mean? You take the test and you, ooh, I scored INTJ. Although when I first took the test, I actually scored INFJ to be honest, but who cares about what the test says anyway because tests are dumb. Just focus on interaction styles and uh, uh, temperaments. And if you need a grid to uh, like an infographic to help you navigate that, go to the front page of my website at csjoseph.life and you can download it. And then you'll be like, oh, thank God. Now I know what the functions look like and all the, all the types on a grid so I can type myself and others. Yay. Yeah, exactly. You can go ahead and do that. No problem. You know? So anyway, these are, so the mind is like a radio. We're able to tune in and broadcast and receive, and we're just this giant transceiver, and we are receiving all eight of the, or we are sending and receiving all eight of these cognitive functions, and half of them are for judgments, which is decision-making. The other half of them is for perception and gathering data, and we're sending and receiving data on all of these channels, potentially if they're introverted or extroverted, at all times. It's just how much is our mind built to send and receive per channel or spectra, spectrum, whatever. How much? It really comes down to frames per second. So how much awareness does the mind have in each of the eight? That's the point. So we actually have all of them. We don't often see the demon, which is the worst part of ourselves. Why? Because it's only five frames a second. Think about that. Think about all of the total seconds you've lived in your life. And then think of the amount of frames uh, within all those seconds that have gathered. You probably have in like the trillions, you know, or even beyond that for the hero. And then you're probably not even at like one million or something. I, I don't know. I mean, do the math, right? But I, I'm not going to do the math, you know. But you see what I mean. It's just points of reference, right? So again, the demon has a lot less. So it's not as developed. But... As time goes on, as a human being gets older, all of these functions start to develop. Why? Because they've had more frames, they've gathered enough frames and more operating time, right? So that you're able to actually use these functions the older you get. This is why also, for example, one of the, uh, one of the reasons why people talk about the Tower of Babel and how humanity's language was confused and everyone scattered across the earth or whatever, uh, or, or choose any crazy disaster of the past. Atlantis, for example, Atlantis disappearing, it's because, or, or the story of Icarus flying too close to the sun. It's because humanity would get to a point where they become so advanced that they would focus on ascension. Ascension being, you know, gaining immortality, which from the Icarus story is like flying too close to the sun, right? And the reason why is, is because the more older the collective unconscious of man gets, the more time it has, that, because the amount of frames it has, the more developed it becomes, the more prone to danger it is, right? So, for example, if a human being is immortal, you know, there's, and they still have the demon function and we haven't figured out how to deal with this, imagine a man living a, th a thousand years. How many frames a second? That demon function is going to be even more developed than it would be previously, which means that man has the potential to become even more dangerous than ever before, right? So it's no wonder that mankind has a fixed lifespan because if mankind was immortal with the demon function still present, 
all mankind would do eventually is spend time on how to screw each other over and the planet would just become a giant slave pit hellhole instead of, you know, something where, you know, new life could grow. A lot of people don't understand that. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin did say, so long as men die, the people will always be free. Think about that, for example. And this is why, and this I agree with Charlie Chaplin, and I agree also from a psychological standpoint, because mankind cannot deal with the fact that it has a demon function over time, and that demon function can just get worse and worse and worse and worse because it has more operating time to gather many more frames. But the corruption is slow because, guess what? It is the lowest awareness. Because it's lowest awareness, it has the least... Um, it takes so much longer for the human condition to corrupt the human soul, basically. And guess what? This entirety is the human soul. All of it. Also known as human nature, right? This is all human nature. You know, we talked about nurture, and I have some videos about nurture, but nurture is like the outside influences or other people's uh the collective other people's souls getting together and then providing stimuli and and experiences and reactions to any individual and that's a human nurture and that includes like their birthday their parents you know all these different uh where they were born the language they speak where they went to high school for example where they're going to college uh what, what they believe with their politics, how ignorant they are versus how wise they are, all of that is human nurture, right? Well, why do we learn about human nature? Well, because when we get into relationships with people, especially intimate ones or working relationships with people, if we understand nature right off the bat, we've just saved ourselves 10 years of time. And then we can focus on figuring out someone's human nurture, you know, like what their favorite color is, you know what I mean? So because you know that information, this information ahead of time, you're finally in a position where you don't have to be paying attention to this anymore and you instantly know how compatible you are with these people and you know how to either adjust yourself, adjust your attitude or adjust your behavior when you're around certain people and emulate certain functions for their benefit or you know to have long-term, who to have long-term friendships or long-term intimate relationships with because you know how compatible you are. We're going to be talking more about that in the compatibility series, right? Just want to get some of these user requested videos out of the way before I continue to do that. But don't worry, it's coming. So, hero, parent, child, inferior. So hero is where uh, the mind is most comfortable. It's what it's most capable. The parent and the hero is actually uh, optimistic. The parent is uh, pessimistic. Uh, it's also what can cause the hero to listen to it the because the hero is flying around saving the world but it has collateral damage and the collateral damage ends up hurting the children and the parent gets in the way and says, hello, Mr. Hero, you need to stop flying around all over the place. Calm down, you're going to hurt the children. And the hero's like, oh yeah, you're right, and then I'll stop. The child is where a person's innocent ex innocence exists. It's known as the divine child. It's like a little kid that can get through the minefield every day when it's going to school. It doesn't even realize it's a minefield and it could die. But for some reason, by some miracle, over and over and over, the child is always able to get through the minefield. And that's especially true with N.I. child, for example, introvert intuition child. The inferior is where a person's fear and insecurity exists. Fear and insecurity uh, is a big deal. Everyone has fear and everyone has insecurity in the fourth function. Uh, like, so if you look at uh, INTJs, it's extroverted sensing, which means they have performance anxiety in their fourth function. Uh, and ENTPs have uh, anxiety in trying things that they've never done before, for example. And ISTPs have anxiety 
with how other people feel and they're afraid of making people feel bad or afraid of people valuing them less. That's the ISTP, for example. Everyone has fear. The difference is, is that once the inferior function has developed and gains a lot more time, it actually can turn into an aspirational function where a person can take their fears and actually turn them into aspirations and then they don't have those fears anymore. And that's actually how a human being reaches self-actualization. Self-actualization is literally getting over your inferior function, getting over your fears, and living inside your fears and turning them into strengths and turning, turning the inferior function into a strong function, right? That's how you reach self-actualization. To reach enlightenment, you have to get over your worry with your fifth function, and you also have to get over your demon at the same time, and that way your mind is 100% integrated, and then you are enlightened and in nirvana, etc. You know, like, that's kind of how it works from a psychological standpoint, right? So anyway, again, our mind is literally a radio. It sends and receives on these eight channels or eight spectra, etc., and sending and receiving information to other human beings and, and whatnot all around. And this data is coming into us and it's going out of us for decision-making and for gathering information and perceiving, etc. That's how this works. It's not about, oh, well, it's my dominant function, you know, my hero, so it's only gonna come in from the top and then just trickle down this way. No, it's all of it simultaneously. The difference is, is how much awareness you have, how many frames per second, etc. That's how it works, right? So again, person's worry is here. Person's wisdom exists in the critic. They can also go witch mode and just become like this uh, old woman with a shotgun or a woman with an ax like in The Shining, etc. That is, uh, that is the uh, critic function. It's got positive and negative to it. It's also a bit pessimistic. Uh, the trickster is a little optimistic, but the trickster is like a black hole within the soul. It's something that people think that, they, that they're good at, that they're, they have a strength in, but in reality they don't, so it kind of tricks them. So for example, INTJs uh, have no idea what social rules are, or social cues, or social norms, social expectations, and they try to be social with people, and then it backfires on them, and they're like, I don't know why. So they have to spend a lot more time trying to figure out the social behaviors than most people. And again, as the older they get, the more experience, the more frames per second that they're able to gain. I mean, the frames per second will remain the same, right? Potentially. I mean, there is an argument that you can increase your frames per second, but just slightly. It really just depends on uh, certain factors. Uh, my mentor, R.P. Morial, he had what we called overactive TI child as an INFJ, which came as a result of uh, huge, huge amounts of abuse in his life. And because of that abuse, he's been able to uh, actually have, it would seem like additional frames per second in his introverted thinking child, which means he valued as an INFJ, he's an INFJ who values logic and thinking almost more than any other INFJ that I've ever met, for example, because he walks around being like, well, this is the truth and I don't care how you feel about it. It's just what it is. Get over yourself. This is reality. You know what I mean? But then that's very off-putting to people, etc. But it's like him breathing fire on them. And because he's breathing fire on them, he's actually burning the lies away and creating diamonds into people and actually making them better if they have if they have enough will or discipline to take the heat. You know, INFJs telling the truth. Awesome. So anyway, uh, and then we talked about the demon extensively already. So these are the eight uh, spectra that are available. We're tuning in at certain frames per second, we don't know what it is exactly, 
and this is happening at all times and we're using all of the functions at all times. It has nothing to do with using one at a time. And you know what, even more, the functions, they can gang up on each other, they can team up. You ever hear of something called the demonic parent or the demonic child? They can team up. Uh, you know, demonic child, that's where temper tantrum comes from, for example, or, uh, or when the parent and the critic uh, team up and beat people up, for example. It happens to me all the time as an ENTP. It's like, wow, you're really stupid. And like, I'm smarter than you. So I'm going to prove it to you while showing you how stupid you are, for example. You know what I mean? ENTPs do that. And it, and it's, and it sucks. And we, and we actually alienate people with our harshness because we do this. But it is something we do. It's also why TE critic, why, and uh, for example, the critic and the demon can team up with the ENTP, SE demon and TE critic. And that's what causes uh, uh, ENTPs to be insanely spiteful. We're very spiteful people. We'll just we'll say things out of pure spite just to be an ass, you know. Even though there is nothing even there, and it's usually even clever to the point where there could be a lesson learned as a result of the spitefulness. But it's still spiteful, right? Anyway, that's just uh, that's just an example. So, yeah, we got Mr. Radiohead, and uh, we're all Radioheads. We're all tuning in and uh, broadcasting, sending, receiving, transceiving uh, information in these eight cognitive functions, etc. these eight cognitive senses according to Jung. So that's how cognitive functions work mechanically. So hopefully that answers your guys' questions. So if you have any questions about this, please leave in the comments section and I will answer your questions about cognitive functions. Uh, if you found this uh, lecture useful, helpful, uh, educational, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and on the podcast. That would be dope. And uh, also, I'm going to be trying out the new end screen thing because I didn't know that that was a thing. So hopefully at the end of this, uh, you can see that you could click on the Cognitive Functions playlist or at least another video from the Cognitive Functions playlist that you could watch that would help you understand a little bit more of this in case you need more background. So I don't know if that's going to work, but we're going to try it because I haven't done this before. You know, oh yeah, SI inferior insecurity. Anxiety because I've never done it before. See, that's an example of the inferior function. There you go. Cool. All right. Well, I got many more of these to go, so I'll see you guys tonight.